Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are doing today's Ask LGHL question as a podcast because I think this one probably works better being able to talk through it and rather than having to write it out. So this one comes from uh, Gary Fugit, and uh, I'm going to ask our resident football coach, Caleb Hauser, about this question um, to kind of explain this. And you are an offensive coach for high school. You spent a lot of time at college camps. Um, so I figured you're the best guy to answer this question. Um, Gary's question says, I am constantly amazed at how smoothly they get people in and out of the game, even as they change personnel play to play. I would like to see an article explaining how this is done. Sorry, Gary, we're not doing an article. I think it's better to kind of answer the question talking for this one, uh, but hopefully uh, this will do. So Caleb, how does this work? Obviously, there are packages, there are situational changes, you know, there are um, guys asking out all the time, uh, all of those things. But just in general, how does a team get guys on and off? It's a short amount of time, especially with a play clock. How do they know who's coming out for each each play? How do they know which guys need to be subbed out for reasons beyond scheme and play call? How does that all work? Uh, for me, it- kind of like how I, how I go about things is very, very based on personnel. So whatever package are running, whatever kind of formation we're running, for example, like if we have an H back in, if for my football team per se, like specifically, if we have an H back in, that means one of my slot receivers is off the field. So what I call it is my hip guys, like you better be on my hip at all times. So when we switch a formation, when we go into a different package, I can put you in without any worry, without any problems. You're, you're on the field within, you know, five seconds, that type of deal. So I have hip guys that are on my hip at all times and they have to go in when we need them. And that's kind of one of those things where like they're staying engaged and at the college level, in my opinion, it's even easier because they're playing one spot where like a lot of my hip guys, they play both ways. Cause Let's be real here in high school football, like your best players play both ways. They just do. Um, so in my opinion, at the, high, at the high school level, it might be even a little bit more difficult um, just because, you know, they're trying to pay attention to both sides of the ball. You know, at any given play, I mean, you know, it can be a turnover. They can be on the other side of the ball within seconds anyways. So they've got to be engaged. They have to be on their on our hips, is like I said. Um, but the other thing, too, is like ahead of the game, this is kind of where coaching, like in my opinion, it's, it's almost like a lost art where we've got our, we've got our depth chart. So for us in the booth, we have a chart where it's, we're in our offense. 
here's our starters and it's in our base formation. But we also have another formation down where if I take an H back off the field, a tight end, if you will, off the field and I add another, you know, skill guy, another slot receiver, we go down to another chart where it's, these are our guys. So if someone's banged up or gets hurt automatically, the next column on that chart is, okay, this is our next guy in, uh, you know, that kind of deal. So for me, I think the biggest thing is it's based on personnel um, when, when you're wanting to sub guys in. And then in my opinion, when someone gets hurt, it's based on your depth chart. Um, it, it, and that's, again, that's probably very easy to say at the high school level at college. I'm sure it's different, um, you know, with how Ohio state does things, if you will. But I mean, you have to understand, I mean, part of, part of practice time does go into a little bit of dress rehearsal. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, you have to know, like if, if this goes, if this goes down, you are in, or if, you know, a happens, B has to happen afterwards. So, I mean, for us, again, at the high school level, it's much easier. It's not as in, not as in depth, if you will. Um, but there's so many different scenarios, you know, substitutions, uh, you know, injured player, different formation, different package. I mean, it's just, you kind of rehearse that ahead of time. But again, I think the biggest thing that helps me and our players as well, too, is knowing that you're in on this formation automatically. And when you're not in, you're on my hip pocket. So if anything changes, you're right back in the game. Um, and then obviously the depth chart too. So let me ask this question. Once the offensive coordinator or the play caller, whoever that is, um, has the play called, is that when you know what the formation is? And so it has to go from the offensive play caller, whomever that might be. You hear it, I'm assuming, in a headset, and then you send guys in. How, how does that work on a very, very basic level of knowing who needs to be on the field when? So for us, it's it's kind of like it's in your pregame and how you scout the opponent that you're going against that week. So for us, we kind of go into a game knowing what formations we want to use. For example, when you see Ohio state's defense, you know, go against Wisconsin, it's a lot more linebacker heavy than when they're going against Purdue um, based on who they're playing. The, the offense that they're going against is going to give them different looks. So, I mean, when you're going against a heavy ground and pound team, you're putting more of a heavy defensive package in where there's less defensive backs. When you're playing a Purdue who was, you know, kind of like air raid last year, you're playing with less linebackers. You're playing with more defensive backs. It's the same thing on offense for us. When we go against a defense and we see what their base scheme is, we want to know how we can attack that base scheme. Where's our space? Where do we have the leverage with numbers, that kind of deal. So for us, we kind of go into the game knowing what formation, we want to be in and that's where our personnel is kind of set up based on what we're trying to run if that makes sense so for us we always call a formation then the play but if we know what play we're wanting to run or we're knowing what plays are going to work against that defensive scheme that we're going against hopefully then we're going to fit our personnel and we're going to fit our formations to around what we want to do so so you actually call the formation first and then get the actual specific play so you have the advantage of being like okay we know these guys are on the field like will the play actually be called before they get on the field or do you say okay this is their formation they start running out onto the field and then you signal in or radio in you know however that works um after they're already running on to the field before the play has actually been called Sure. So I hope I don't bore people when I say this, this is like the football nerd in me, but like if we want to run power and we want to run what we call like just our basic power principle where we're, you know, ground and pound, we're giving the ball to our best tailback and we're blocking the dudes up front. We want to run that out of 11 personnel where we have one back and one tight end. So for us, our tight end is usually is detached from the line of scrimmage. So our our tight end, if you will, is kind of like our H back, which is where you see the H back, which is almost like a fullback behind the guard and behind the tackle. He's leading the way 
for the running back in power. So if we want to run power, we know we want to be in 11 personnel. But if we're in 10 personnel, I can still run power if I just motion one of my slot guys in to that fold. So, but again, if I want to go skinny and I want to go fast, I'll usually take my H back off the field and we'll go 10 personnel, one back, zero tight ends or H backs, if you will. And then we kind of, we kind of go fast and we throw the ball a little bit more. So for us, it's one of those things where in the game, if we see an adjustment on defense, we're going to call a play and we can still run it out of both formations. But in our opinion, we're going to be more successful when we run it out of a certain formation because we're able to do things more, you know, in my, in my opinion, more schematic related where we're able to block more efficiently, uh, you know, for our power concept or, or something like that. So to wrap up this conversation, what are the mechanics uh, for the guys who are on the field of making sure they know that they are staying on the field? Is it just if somebody that you are being, you know, you know, positionally interchangeable with runs on the field, you run off? Is it a signal from the from the sideline? How do you let the guys we've talked about how you get the guys who are on the sideline onto the field? What about getting the guys who are on the field off? Sure. So when we, if we switch a formation, for example, if I'm in 11 personnel and I say, I want to go two, I want to go two, which means we have now two slot receivers, no H back. And the H back obviously is the same thing as a tight end for us. If I say, I want to go two, that tells my H back, if he's in, you're off. And again, one of my hip guys, one of the guys that I know is going to play a lot. One of the guys I know is going to sub in a lot has to be near me. And if he's not, you know, I'm, I'm going to kill him. That type of thing, you know, because the game's moving so fast, yeah. but they're always right next to me um, more times than not. But if I yell two, my guys know I'm the next slot in the H is coming off. He runs in and we give, you know, kind of like one of those, like you tag him out type of thing, like, you know, high five him, you're off. Um, but I'll be honest with you in, in the high school setting. And it happens in college too. You're yelling the, the personnel, you're yelling the formation and you're telling a kid if he's on the field, he's not supposed to be, you're screaming his name saying off, off, off. Um, it, it's simple and as dumb as that sounds, it, it does happen. And that's just the kind of common sense behind it. It's complicated. I don't know. I, I agree with Gary who sent in the question. Like it is pretty impressive <laughs> yeah. when we, you watch this and how little time, but it does. I mean, it makes sense. You talk like you rehearse these things, you practice these things. Yeah. Um, it, it is well choreographed as to how things go on. And like you said, when you break it down to like individual position groups, it makes a lot more sense than yes. if you're thinking of yeah. it as a offensive or defensive unit as a whole. So yeah. it makes Would more sense. Yeah, go ahead. I was just, just going to say, if, when you tie it into your scheme and you tie it into a formation, everything starts to slow down. When your kids at practice are running in and off the field, even in practice, because, hey, we're in two personnel. We have two, we have two slot receivers. That tells my H back, hey, you're off. And sometimes if I want to keep that H, but just split them out, I'll say two, stay to stay. So that tells my H you're no longer, you know, on the line of scrimmage or detached behind the line of scrimmage. You're now flanked and split out wide, just like a receiver is, um, you know, and that kind of thing. And it's one of those things too, like my opinion, um, you know, I'm fortunate to coach at a really good program that's had, you know, a lot of, you know, state final success and, you know, that's teach their own, but I've been around coaches that the best coach teams those players know what they're doing at every second because the program is so well run. Um, when your kids are bought in, when you coach it hard, and that's no different than Ohio State, they have some of the best coaches in the country. You see those those transitions almost timeless because 
it's just, it's a machine. Like they're just a well-oiled machine. That's just what they do. Those kids know on the field, I'm part of this formation. I'm part of this package. I need to be at this spot when we run this play. And it does change when they audible, you see it all the time. Like Chris Olave last year, sometimes he would flank out, but if they would audible at the line, he would skinny down and get closer to the line of scrimmage based on what they were doing. Um, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, these kids have to know not just their job on the play, but they need to know the entire play, and the whole package of that formation so they know what route they have or what job they have, but also the jobs of the other people that are next to them. They, you, we always teach you need to know the entire play concept, not just your job. Yeah, it, it, that makes a ton of sense. And, and you can see that in practice. If you really watch, like you can see – who's moving with who and as they're coming on and that's a big deal and obviously like offensive linemen just don't change all that much quarterback doesn't change (laughs) all that much and even at ohio state like running backs don't change all that much generally they have them in for a series unless they bust one out for you know 70 yards and they need to come off like really it is just the pass catchers whether that's tight ends or wide receivers obviously defense is a little bit different i'm a little bit more involved larry johnson likes to rotate guys in and out I mean, practically on every play. So uh, last question, um, and I'll let you go on this. You've talked a lot about yelling, whether that's two or two stay or whatever. What do you have to do to make sure that you don't lose your voice during the course of the game? Oh, you do. 100% you do. So on the weekends, I do my best to just shut up. Um, (laughs) That's not easy for you, man. I know that's not easy. It's tough. But like on the weekends, I just do my best not to talk because Friday is such a vocal day. Um, and like, I'm a, I also am a teacher. So like my, my voice is kind of my livelihood. So, I mean, that's one of those things where after a while, like I'm, I'm pretty fortunate. I have a strong set of chords, so I don't lose my voice a ton, knock on wood, but it's one of those deals where you just gotta be loud. And we also have an echo call. So like when I'm yelling something, the other coaches on staff, the players that they know to echo it, you know what I mean? Like, so it's not just on one guy. And I think Ohio state, like when you look at how many people are on Ohio State's sideline, you kind of see how and why it's probably run so well, because there's guys that have game day jobs. Like we have coaches on our sideline that have jobs. They're not on the headset, but they are coaching. They have our depth chart in hand. So when we go on special teams, they are told like, this is your game day job. When we have to kick off or we have to punt, you need to make sure you have all 11 dudes on that field because offensively I'm worried about something else right now. So it's one of those things where you kind of divvy up the game day jobs and again, you rehearse it. You do it in practice. You do it in walkthrough before a game, and you you get really good at it. And the best teams take all the little details and do them well. You know that way, come game day, you're ready to rock. I'm a former baseball and softball coach at the high school and club and collegiate level as well. And uh, man, I'll tell you, those days where you have either double headers in baseball or you're at a tournament with softball. When I was coaching third base, that was that was hard on the voice. I downed yep, cough drops uh, like crazy because I'm I as a coach. I talked more for my own sake. It's different with football. You know, I could be given signs, but then I was always, all right, let's go now. Come on out. I was a talker and that was more for me to call, you know, to get me (laughs) focused on the game than it was for my players. And, and I was a teacher too. And for when I was a high school coach, so, I understand it's it's tough to balance all that, but all right, Caleb. Hopefully that answers the question, though. I yeah. hope they, I hope they kind of see a little bit of the intricacies of you know what goes on. And again, I, I think the biggest thing that if they want to really know the answer of everything is it's rehearsed. I mean, it, it really is rehearsed. I mean, guys know their job, they know their role because I mean, when you're in practice, there's I mean, the little details mean everything. It's it's, it's just what you do. 
Um, and I think if they, I think if they were there at practice, they would notice like, well, no wonder it, it kind of goes so smoothly. They know, you know, they're next in or this guy's next in or based on this formation, these people are in that kind of thing. And I think that goes to show you like a lot of people dismiss how intelligent football players have to be. And some of them are obviously more book smart than others, but like you don't get to be a player at a place like Ohio state without understanding the game of football. Like you have to understand the intricacies that the film work that you do, that the, the, the strategic work and the X's and O's work that you have to do. Like you're not just going out there be based off of your athleticism alone. You have to have that too, but the chalkboard work, the game plan work that you have to do is is intense and and that goes to show you how smoothly they move on and off the field how well they run routes how well they they do us you know handle their assignments like these players these athletes are not just you know good football players they're smart they're they're well studied uh, and that goes a long way to having successful football teams as well absolutely All right, Caleb, I appreciate you jumping on the uh, Ask LGHL side of things. And uh, uh, if you have more questions, feel free to tweet them at us at, uh, wait, was it, what's the, uh, LandGrant33. I almost forgot our, our Twitter handle, <laughs> at LandGrant33, uh, and we will get them there. I also have an article pinned to uh, the top of our website after the, like the top carousel. There's an article that's pinned right underneath here. If you want to send a longer question, you can send them to me in an email, but I won't give out my email address because it's long and you won't remember it. So um, we appreciate that. We'll be answering questions every day throughout the football season. We'll be answering questions. We'll be asking our own questions. We'll be you know talking to experts uh, on the LGHL staff and outside of it as well. So if you have questions, send them to us. And uh, thank you for listening. And as always, go Bucks.